Good news. My new book is almost here. It's called Handbook for the Heartbroken, A Woman's Path from Devastation to Rebirth. And while it doesn't officially come out with Sounds True until May 7th, you can pre-order it now. And when you do, you'll receive up to $500 in additional gifts and resources to support you on your healing journey. I wrote this book because in the four-year span between 2016 and 2020, I experienced serial heartbreaks that rocked every area of my life, health, relationships, finances, career, social status, and even my very identity. Along the way, I experienced firsthand just how dysfunctional our culture's relationship to loss really is. I saw how we live in a heartbreak illiterate world that's obsessed with success, shackled with isolation, and ignorant of how valuable our suffering can be for our growth and evolution, not only as individuals, but as a species. So this book expands the conversation around grief and loss beyond just breakups and bereavement, although we cover those too, to include falls from grace of all kinds, personal, professional, and collective. This includes the end of a relationship or job, death of a loved one, a natural disaster or a war, infertility, abortion, or a financial crisis. Also, when we're going through hard times, we're encouraged at every turn to hurry up and get on with it. But by trying to power through these messier seasons of life, we're denying ourselves the very answers to our healing and growth. Whether you're experiencing hardship right now, or you know that you have past hurts that are holding you back and still need healing, this book will support you. Handbook for the Heartbroken will show you that it's only through fully turning toward your heartbreak with support, courage, and compassion that you can heal. Within the loving pages of this book, you'll have full permission to fall apart and slowly, organically, find your way back to greater wholeness. I'm truly excited to share this with you. You can download your free chapter now and pre-order the book to receive all those bonuses at handbookfortheheartbroken.com. That's handbookfortheheartbroken.com. I also want to add that pre-ordering the book now is the very best way that you can support me as an author and the health of this book when it enters the world in May. It signals to booksellers to stock the book at that time and in turn, make it available to more people who need it. So thank you for your pre-orders. Thank you for your support. And I look forward to continuing to deepen together in this important conversation over the coming months. Hello, sisters. Welcome to She Talks. I'm Sarah Avon Stover, a yoga and meditation teacher, best-selling author, and founder of The Way the Happy Woman. I'm so happy to share that my brand new book, The Book of She, Your Heroine's Journey into the Heart of Feminine Power, is now available wherever books are sold and at thebookofshe.com. To celebrate her arrival throughout the months of October and November, I'll be featuring a special series called She Stories, where we hear the heroine's journeys of 14 inspiring female leaders. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you enjoy today's interview. Hello, beautiful women. Welcome home. Welcome to She Talks. And today I'm speaking with 
a friend of mine, a colleague, Jennifer Lee. And Jennifer is the founder of Artisan Coaching. She's the author of The Right Brain Business Plan and Building Your Business the Right Brain Way. If you haven't read these books or heard of them, I encourage you to get them right away. You'll have all the information about Jen in the show notes for this episode. But these books and her approach is really revolutionary in bringing the creative spirit and our joy and our authenticity into the center of our work life, particularly for entrepreneurs. So, Jen, welcome. It's really, really nice to have you here. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. I'm so excited about your new book and to get to chat with you. I have my cup of tea ready, so, yeah. Great, and Jen and I often joke that she's been my book big sister for the past (laughs) several years. We're both authors with New World Library, and Jen has always been about one or two years ahead of me on the book publishing schedule, so she's often been there to answer questions for me as they come up on my book writing journey, and I've just so appreciated our friendship and your support over these years. Absolutely. It's really nice to know we're not alone. I think that's one of the things about sisterhood, right? Exactly. (laughs) Be able to lean in and get support. So my pleasure. And Jen, we always begin our gatherings here at The Way the Happy Woman with a little personal check-in. So I'd love for you just to settle in a little bit more deeply with your cup of tea and to share with us where you're calling in from today and how you're doing at the level of your body, mind, and heart. Mm, I love that. I love that you bring such grounded energy to whatever space you're in. So thank you for inviting that in here. I am calling in from the Bay Area, specifically the East Bay, El Cerrito, California. And today, um, I was mentioning to you, Sarah, that I'm actually tired. Um, Yeah, a little bit. It's so funny. It's been really hot. And then now, well, it's not that cold, but I'm cold today. (laughs) I actually had my heater on, so I have like a little bit of the jitters because I feel a little cold. So I have a little bit of that with me. Um, And I also have like excitement of being able to have this conversation with you and these women here uh, because you're opening us up to some really important work. So maybe that's part of what the jitters are, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a chilly day here in Boulder as well, and I'm dressed in my sweater, and I even have a scarf on. It's also been very hot here up until a couple of days ago. So it feels nice. It takes some getting used to. Yeah. <laughs> so with these interviews, we've been starting with kind of the the opposite or the, the counterpart to the heroine's journey. We've been starting with the hero's journey. Mm. Was that a narrative that you related to in your life that you have related to? And if so, How? Sure. It's such a great question. Um, You know, I don't think I was really aware of it, like in my growing up years. I mean, obviously, I've seen the movie Star Wars and all those kind of things. Um, But in terms of a concept, I didn't learn about it until um, a little bit later. But looking back, um, 
kind of I related to it yes and no. Um, one in that, you know, and I was reading your book, the whole idea of like being the good girl, like getting the good grades, doing good in school, getting into a you know, good college, getting a good job. Like I certainly followed that kind of traditional path and I thought that was the right way to succeed or the right way to move forward. Um, so I have definitely that built into my system. But also when I think back to like my childhood, I don't, if you had told me like, oh, you know, the hero's journey, you're a hero. I, I didn't think of myself as a hero. Like, I didn't think that there was anything particularly special. Like I didn't, I had a pretty easy childhood, not a whole lot of drama. So in terms of like some intense, you know, call to adventure or, you know, some calling forth, like I didn't really feel that. So, you know, I kind of thought I was just a normal person. And I know that's part of, you know, the, the beginnings of the mm-hmm. hero's journey, but uh, I hadn't really tapped into that. Um, until a little bit later. When when did you start to tap into it? Um, I would say probably um, when, well, definitely when I had my first coach. Um, that kind of opened me up to really getting clear about like, oh, here's what's important to me. Here's how I can make different decisions about my life. And I think that was um, back in... I don't know, the late 90s, something like that. Um, so I'd already like been to graduate school and all of that, um, you know, because I, I was doing the good girl thing, <laughs> getting the good grades, going to good college, getting a good job. Um, and so that started to open things up for me. Um, and I think the really big shift happened for me when I went through an intensive leadership program through the same place I got my coaching. And that opened my eyes to the idea that, you know, I went into the program like, I don't even know why I signed up for this leadership program because, like I said, I didn't think I was a hero or anything special, but something about it, you know, was intriguing to me. And I thought, well, you know, I'll go to this leadership program and leaders are, you know, people who tell people what to do. They know the big vision and they're very charismatic and loud and extroverted and all those kind of traditional definitions of leadership or very masculine um, and in that program, I really learned that the skills that I naturally have of being more quiet, being more sensitive and intuitive and creative, like those are extremely valuable skills um, as a leader and, in fact, are much needed in the world, you know, even more so today. And so that I think that's where I really could feel the call to like own more of that in me to value it and then to also share it with others and not just have it be something, you know, for myself. And so that's what really opened it up. Yes. And then you took that big risk of leaving your job and starting off on your own and building really organically what has come to be a very successful and incredibly unique business. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, definitely that program, the leadership program where I tapped into like, oh, these are my strengths. Like I have these unique gifts. Like, oh, I am a hero. Oh, I, and then now, you know, I'm a heroine, uh, which we can talk more about. But yeah, like that certainly propelled me on a path to say, you know what? I am so unhappy in my corporate job. Like that's that old path of thinking I needed to keep on climbing the corporate ladder, get promotions, get more money, all that stuff. 
I'm not following my passion or I was doing it on the side. You know, I'd go home and do my coaching with clients and all that stuff. But I really wanted to then live that fully, have that be my full-time job, living my passions. And so, yeah, I left my corporate job in 2006. Um, and I'd say probably between 2011 and 2014 were a tremendous growth period within the business. Um, you know, I had published two books, like you mentioned. Um, you know, we've been on similar paths too in terms of business growth. And I look at where, where my business is now, and I think back to like when I first left the corporate job and what the big vision and dream was. And a lot of it has come true in terms of publishing books, um, the reach that I have, you know, having a multi-six-figure business, um, all sorts of things. And what's so funny, or maybe not so funny, is I'm like, oh, shit. I hope I can say that here. You can say it here. <laughs> the same drive and ambition and, like, crazy making that really drove me in my corporate job ah, I'm doing it to myself and I'm my own boss and this is my own business and this is like the dream that I had and why is it the same? Like why do I feel in some respects the same in terms of overworked, stressed, and always wanting to go after the next big thing? So I'm still in that like recovery mode, right. <laughs> frankly. Um, and, and that's where the heroine's journey begins. Mm -hmm. it, it begins when, you know, we've lived out the hero's journey and we realize that it's not for us, mm -hmm. that there's, there must be another way. Right. Well, it's funny because I thought leaving my corporate job was that change, you know, because I'm leaving my passions. I'm living more in alignment with who I am. I'm having more self-care, but it was still within the mindset of I want to make six figures. Oh, I've made six figures. I want to make multiple six figures. And you know, like yeah. all that same stuff. My list is this big. It needs to be this big. All all those same external metrics. Um, but I don't want to disregard the fact that I definitely am living more in alignment with, you know, who I am. I feel like I'm able to have self expression and yet there's still those pieces that have really pushed me, you know, forward in, in good ways and has been detrimental to my health. You know, part of my own kind of um, crisis, you know, if you will, is I've been suffering from like really bad joint pain and fatigue, um, which you've been aware of since um, we've gotten to meet up a few times over the past few years. So, you know, that's that's kind of the cost of what it's been to get my business to where it is. And so I've been kind of recalibrating very consciously this year. Because even through 2014, like I started getting the joint pain maybe in 2011, 2012, and I just pushed through it, mm. you know. And then in 2013, I got the book deal. We were moving and just all sorts of crazy stuff. It and was a big year for you. <laughs> it was a big year, um, you know, and I finished – writing the book and then okay the book's coming out in 2014 I need to like work on the book launch and really maximize that so even though I was really struggling with this health stuff I kept pushing forward and so at the end of 2014 it was like I I really can't do this anymore I need to make some changes and so this year 2015 um 
you know, I, I step back from some of the programs that I lead. I'm leaning more on my team, which has been great in some ways and challenging in, in lots of other ways. Um, and I've said goodbye. I ran my last video summit. It was the uh, fifth and final one. So next year I won't be doing that, but that's been such a big part of how people get to know me. So there's this fear of like, oh, no, I'm, you know, letting go of the thing, like the big what? thing, the big thing, <laughs> crap. Um, and yet it's like my body is saying, there's no way. Like even when I was running it this year, I had a little bit of a flare up and I'm like, oh, great. I still have like four more days where I have to be on. Mm. Um, I can't do that to myself anymore. So, yeah, it's been really focusing on you know, how can I keep things steady you know, because I'm at a really good place in my business, but I don't need to say, let's get to the next level and the next level, a million dollars, you know, all that stuff that I was still really attached to, um, really letting that go and saying it's okay if, you know, if there is no growth, you know, financially, I'm growing in different ways. Um, how can I, you know, leverage the team more and really take care of myself in a way that I've been neglecting and also my creativity. And so I um, got a studio space uh, in the beginning of the year, which seemed really crazy at the time. Uh, still doesn't really make sense. Like I haven't necessarily used it for my business, but I've been using it for myself because it's what I had been lacking for the past several years of really having a space for my own creativity. You know, I love seeing your pictures on Instagram of the different paintings that you're working on, just these gigantic full wall canvases of color and exploration they just they just seem to have a lot of joy in them a lot of freedom yeah, yeah definitely a lot of freedom and it's a process that i learned um gosh i think it was probably back in 2009 2010 so it was kind of when i was writing my first book and it was such a great way to tap into my intuition my creativity um even you know, some of the dark stuff of like being frustrated about writing or any of that, like it would just show up in the painting. And I, when I moved um, in 2013, you know, I moved away from Oakland. And so that space that I used to go to with my teacher, um, Chris Seidel, was, you know, it's kind of a pain to get there from where I am. And so I really miss that. And I don't have space in my house to paint as big as I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been it's been really great to reconnect to that piece and to just have it be purely about painting and having fun and letting whatever crazy images are in my head <laughs> come out on paper and not have it matter. It can be ugly. In fact, many times it is. And I, I hate it, you know, quote unquote, I hate it. My inner critic hates it, but my muse is having a ball. She's clearly having a ball. <laughs> And this is so much the heroine's journey that you're speaking of here, that you know, we leave the external, so you left your corporate job, you are running a business that does great service to the world, is an authentic expression of you and your passions, and yet there's this inner battle that's still happening. I call it the inner patriarch, like these internalized, um, deranged, quote unquote, masculine values mm-hmm. of doing more, doing better. It's like this constant inner push that we're all living with. 
trying to come to terms with. And that art, creativity, especially for women, we are we are creators Mm -hmm. just biologically that's our disposition that it's really creativity that redeems us yeah i i'm really glad that i've connected back to that in a deeper way yeah so what has it been like for you with this this health crisis if you would call it a crisis yeah, it's more like it's been, um, like, I don't feel like there was one big thing that happened. It's been like this slow progression of something. I don't know what quite the right word is. Um, yeah, it's been really challenging. I think because it hasn't been so acute, it's been a lot easier to ignore. Mm-hmm. Or to it gets something you can kind of tolerate. Tolerate, exactly. Get by with. Exactly. For the most part, I mean, there are some days where I'm like, I just don't want to get out of bed. Um, you know, why is this happening to me? Uh, fortunately, I'm on medication that helps me. And so, but then I think in a way that's like, that's what got me through 2014, mm. <laughs> you know, until, until it wasn't working anymore and I had to up it. So, um, yeah, that's why this year I'm really trying to focus on lifestyle stuff and choices like that. So it's been, um, you know, it's also like, oh my God, is it just because I'm getting old? <laughs> you know, I have a little bit of that too. Which yes, I am, and and I know there's other. And you're not that old. I know, I'm not that old. <laughs> so you're not like approaching eighty. No, of course not. Although some days I would feel like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely been more manageable, which is great. Um, and I don't really know when I'm not going to feel good. You know, I sort of know like travel really wears me out or um, being out and about. You know, there's certain things I know, so I'm trying to, you know, be very mindful of those. Um, and, yeah, just really take care of myself. So, you know, I've, I've been someone who practices self-care pretty regularly, like for pretty much since I quit my corporate job. Um, you know, I practice what I call self-care Fridays and that's where I don't do any meetings and I really take care of myself. But it's up until this year has been more of maybe incremental types of things or smaller things, which are great and I think are much needed. You fit them in when you can. What I'm exploring now is having this idea of embracing ease be more of a come from place. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it really infuses who I am and what I do versus just be things that I practice, you know, or like making sure I fit it in, but having it be more of a mindset. So how how are you making that a mindset? Yeah, um, well, definitely like having the time to do painting, like making choices to put that as a priority. Um, the decision to really cut back with work and have people um, you know I cut back a lot of things like in terms of team stuff like I have people helping me but I also got rid of um, some other roles that just were I thought were helping but just complicated things because I thought that's what I needed to do to get to the next level and Mm -hmm. once I decided I don't need to get to that next level just kind of cutting that out and being okay with it um 
I've also been, you know, more focused on my health. Like, I hate to cook. <laughs> I really hate to cook. Um, but I'm a picky eater, and I also have dietary things that I'm working with uh, in terms of helping with inflammation. So even though it feels like extremely, like, luxurious or kind of, I don't know, excessive, I can't think of the right word, but I hired a personal chef. You know, I'm like, I'm going to invest like if I'm really putting my health first, um, this is something I want to invest in. Yeah, and that's big. That's really big. Yeah, I feel. I whenever like I've just started to start talking about it publicly because I feel like, oh God, like ugh, she has a personal chef. You know, <laughs> like, who does she think she is? Well, you know, it's someone who is really putting her health first. You know, it's something I'm valuing. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. And what are some of these other like incremental self-care practices mm-hmm. you mentioned that you've been doing more of mm-hmm. some other lifestyle shifts? Yeah. Um, well, just, you know, small things to fit in the day. Like I've been eating my lunch, not at my desk, you know, but either outside if it's nice or in the kitchen where I can look out the window, not have my phone with me and just enjoy the food cooked by my personal Mm -hmm. chef (laughs) and being really grateful like wow I get to eat this I I didn't have to cook it Um, one other thing I know I've talked to you about before you know I I do love yoga and while I was in corporate and right after I left like I was really into Ashtanga yoga like I got certified in it like I really loved it Um, and I think that's probably why I hurt my back because I I was pushing myself too hard. It's just such a great metaphor for everything else. Yeah. Um, you know, I have to get into full pigeon and show people I can get into full pigeon. <laughs> I used to be the same way. And um, for many years, I've had like this left um, SI joint problem. And I know I'm pretty sure it's from that. So I now do restorative yoga. And I found this really great class nearby. Um, It's only once a week on Sundays. But oh my gosh, I love it so much. It's just, and it's so anti-Ashtanga, you know. (laughs) We get all these props and we just lie around like cats for like 20 minutes in each pose. And the teacher comes around and massages us. It's fantastic. Um, But like, that's a huge shift for me. And I actually really enjoy it, mm. which is great. <laughs> and then I bought some props of my own to do stuff at home. I'm like, oh, I can actually, I just need one more bolster and, you know, another block. And I can do all these cool supported poses. You know, unfortunately, the teacher's not there to give me a massage. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really nice way to, um, you know, maybe it's just doing child's pose for 15 minutes. And then that's, you know, that's what's going to help me feel more grounded yeah yeah and so what do you what do you know now that you wish you knew you know when you just left your corporate job and you were starting out what would you tell that that younger version of yourself Mm. about (laughs) her journey ahead yeah there's so much to say stop making it so hard (laughs) (laughs) one of the kind of messages i've been telling myself lately is um I can stop striving and just simply savor. Mm-hmm. I wish I had known that more earlier on. Yeah, that's, that's a big one. Yeah. 
And as we're all here together as women, possibly men, listening, kind of rewriting and reframing our collective narrative on our rites of passage, mm. on our these very feminine journeys into empowerment, what would you definitely want to include in that as your contribution? Mm, that's such a big question. Um, I think there's a few things. One is because I'm such a, an advocate of creativity is, you know, making sure that you're connecting with your creativity and that everyone is creative in their own way. I think a lot of times people get stuck in the mindset of, you know, create, you're only creative if you're an artist, if you can draw. Um, and creativity means so much more. You know, it can be about just how you live your life, how you express yourself and really owning that. Um, and I think the other piece would be um, having some experience where you really, like for me when I said I went through that leadership program of like, oh my gosh, like embodying, this is what it means for me to be a leader. And in whatever way that looks like for yourself and then how you impact um others around you but to to really allow yourself to claim what your strengths are as a leader and it may be totally different than what you think it is supposed to look like um, and to embrace that and also um, to make sure that you have support that you're not doing it alone you know whether that even just be with a few friends or having you know conversations like you and I do every once in a while um, but just to know you're not alone Mm. And Jen, I know that you mentioned your shifts with your business structure and lifestyle shifts. I'm wondering if there's anything, I know that's a lot, so if there's anything else that feels like your growing edge, like the next frontier of your own heroine's journey. Mm. Yeah, I think it's just to be continuing that piece of putting my health first and really taking care of me and my body like that's been something that's been you know just I don't know if neglect is probably a really strong word I don't know if it's that extreme but certainly I've taken things for granted you know mm. so being uh, being more aware you know and I'm still grappling with the ambitious side of me <laughs> you know yeah. like I even find myself saying well you know for the business stuff at least for like this year and maybe the next you know I can just keep things the same but that doesn't mean later that I you know, can start um, going after these big dreams again so it's it's just being conscious of I have still a little bit of that and I don't know if that will ever go away um, but learning how to work with it in a way that actually serves me and is helpful I think that's kind of the growing edge too yeah and it's like in that because I've been going through the same thing it's negotiating a new relationship between those two parts so it's not for me though it's not always that the ambitious one is in charge because mm -hmm, right. she's just naturally very bossy and fiery and <laughs> likes to take charge so right. it, yeah if I'm not careful then then she will yeah. And it's like, 
one of the things I really love in like this distinction between like hero's journey and heroine's journey, uh, like in the hero's journey, there's the part where you like slay the dragon, like you kill it, you get rid of it. It's so masculine. But what I get from like what you're um, doing with the heroine's journey, it's like, yes, there are these dark, you know, shadow sides of you, or, um, these demons, but you learn to dance with them, right? And to make them work with you in a way because there are some great parts of having you know ambition but to not let it um override you yeah and to learn to love them and have all these parts operate within us like a harmonious family exactly rather than being at war with each other exactly or to just shun it completely like no i'm done with you i want to kill that part like then a part of you dies and that's actually part of who you are yeah Well, thank you so much, Jen. It's been really wonderful to have you here. Thank you for your openness and your vulnerability in sharing your journey. I know that it's definitely something I resonate with, and I know probably many women who are listening do as as, as well. So thank you so much. Thank you for creating this space to do it and for being brave with your own story, and that really inspires others to share. If you're ready to go deeper into your heroine's journey, I invite you to explore my new book, The Book of She. You can visit thebookofshe.com to register your receipt for this order before October 30th. And when you do, you'll receive an invitation to join me and our community in a free online women's yoga and meditation class, as well as a live Q&A. Until next time, I'm sending you my heartfelt support. Thank you so much for being part of our sisterhood.